We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us will be TJ Inman. And welcome to the Hoosier Huddle preview of the defense for spring practice. Spring practice had practice number three this morning down in Bloomington. Uh, It was good to get down there, see the team on the field again. And I'll be back down there at the end of the month as my spring break uh, takes me down there as well. And so today we're going to talk about go through position by position, just like we did on the offense, talk about key players at each position, what IU needs to improve on the defensive side of the ball uh, 2019, and maybe some guys that we haven't really seen play a a big role um, come into the limelight and play a big role uh, in in spring practice, and then again uh, when the fall rolls around. Uh, TJ, welcome to the show. It does not feel like spring at all, so how are we doing? Yeah, uh, freezing, you know, it's uh, definitely, I think we need to rename, at least for now, rename it spring ball to, you know, indoor winter ball, um, and that's that's unfortunate, it's always, you know, feels a little better if it's, uh, you know, mid-50s or low-60s, being able to practice out in the sun, but, um, you know, that's the hand we're currently dealt, so hopefully it warms up sometime soon, uh, but... You know, I'm excited uh, just seeing, you know, practice highlights and coming season. You know, that that warms you up just a tad bit. Yeah, definitely. You know, being inside was nice today. Uh, I really enjoyed oh, yeah. watching practice outside as well. You just get a better feel for, you know, how guys throw in the elements and, and things like that. But let's start uh, – let's – we previewed the offense. It's now, it seems like forever ago, but let's take, take the other side of the ball. Talk about the defense. This is a defense last year that was, that was young, that they kind of took a step back uh, with growing pains after losing a lot of talent on that, uh, on that defense from uh, 2017 last year. uh, They gave up 28.4 points per game. Uh, they gave up a lot of first downs. Third down conversions were a problem. I uh, saw so Athlon Sports put out their spring preview for Indiana ball, uh, Indiana football. Their, their, uh, one of their keys or things that IU needed to work on uh, was third down defense, but that starts down. Now, I couldn't find the stats again uh, for 
first down yardage, but IU was giving up a lot of yards on first down, and that's the key uh, to getting third down stops or on first and second down. If if Indiana can improve their first and second down defense, it makes third down defense a little bit more manageable. Uh, giving up mm-hmm. four or five yards of play on first down just is, is not going to cut it. Uh, and that, to me, last year watching this defense was the problem. There were a lot of third and ones, third and twos, uh, when they really needed to get um, get off the field, and, and that starts on uh, on first down. And with these guys, they had a lot of freshmen last year on defense. With these guys being a year older, um, looking at them today, they they look good. They they have matured very quickly. Uh, they look fast, especially in the secondary. Now you can't really tell the line all that much because they were only in in shells today, so only helmets and shoulder pads, and you you just can't tell. It's spring ball. People don't – you don't want to get on the ground in spring ball. You don't want to hurt anybody uh, in spring ball, getting caught up in the mess on on the line. And then, of course, you're in shoulder pads. You're not really going 100% uh, in terms of physicality. So – but the secondary and the linebackers look real good. Really good. The the team speed um, that you saw today uh, was really good, and so let's start on the back end of the defense uh, with the secondary. You have Marcelino Ball coming back. Um, Jonathan Crawford departs. He performed in the combine this week. Uh, it looked really smooth on TV. Uh, but you bring back Marcelino Ball. You have a lot of safety help with you know Devin Matthews. Uh, Brian Fitzgerald and a lot of those guys coming back. Who is your key to that secondary taking the next step? They picked off 13 passes last year, but were susceptible to that big play. What does IU need to do and who needs to step up for IU to take that next step? Yeah, it's, it's a very, um, very interesting group because are we only talking safeties here for now or yeah uh, we'll we'll do corners as well there's just so many players in the secondary to name yeah uh, that it, yeah. it would take the entire show to go through all of them uh i think that brian fitzgerald uh has the ability to be uh the best player on this defense um i, I think that he is a i, I don't not saying that he is, but I think that he has the ability to be that. Um, he's such a good athlete and an instinctive football player. I was very impressed with his ability last year after having to sit out a year, uh, which, you know, I think it's going to end up being a blessing for Indiana uh, that they bungled that. Obviously, unfortunate, but I think it ends up being a blessing because uh, Brian Fitzgerald, I think, is going to be a, a real monster for this team. And then um, you know, Cam Jones is a player that uh, is apparently going to get some work cross-training at safety, uh, which I think will be a very interesting look. team that Indiana, I think, is taking to heart is, you know, get your best players on the field, and I think we might see that come into play in the safety rotation if Cam Jones sees time there. Uh, but for me, the key to Indiana cutting down some of the big plays uh, is going to be the play of – uh, Brian Fitzgerald and his partner uh, back there at safety, which I think might end up being Juwan Burgess. If he can harness 
the athletic ability he has as kind of a center fielder uh, of the defense, I think it could really cut down on some of the big plays Indiana allowed uh, over the top of the defense. Um, from a corner perspective, uh, I think that the key guy for me is Jalen Williams. If he can take that next step up into being a you know a corner for the Hoosiers, he was inconsistent to the freshman, which is totally understandable. Uh, I think you're looking for him to take that next step up uh, and, and really assert himself as a uh, legitimate number one corner. I think Indiana has a lot of options at cornerback, and it's a, a position that's as deep as any, and I, I don't have any doubt that they're going to be able to find, you know, at least three or four guys to step up and uh, really be strong corners for them. Um, you know, of the group, I think the one that maybe is under the radar the most in that secondary uh, is perhaps Jamar Johnson, uh, a guy that I find myself forgetting about quite often. Uh, and then, you know, Tation, I don't think he's going to be um, anywhere close to starting necessarily this year, but I think that he's a player that could really find himself in the rotation and, uh, I'll just only speak for myself that he's a player I often forget about. Yeah, he's a guy uh, you forget about as well. And then, um, yeah, he he looks bigger this spring. Um, yeah. Reese Taylor look. He it looks like he wants to play defense the way he went through drills today. Uh, they they did a drill where it was. You know, shedding a block. It wasn't a real Oklahoma drill uh, per se, but it was getting off a block and, and getting to the second level and all those things. And I forgot who he took on, but it was clearly a bigger guy. And they were joking; they were sending like Brandon Wilson and defensive lineman out there to block him, and that's just not fair. Um, but it looks like his heart is in on playing defense, and, and if that's where his heart is, that's that's the best move that IU can make. And he's a guy who he might not, yeah. you know, he he didn't play corner in high school. He played a little bit last year. He's not going to be as technically sound as all these guys in front of him. But we saw him play corner against FIU last year, and they trusted him in big spots. So, you know, Reese Taylor could be a guy that goes under the radar. Another guy, Noah Pierre, um, is another under the radar guy as well. And, you know, these, now you could start running out instead of having two guys you could trust, you, you might have four or five. And that makes yeah. that depth so much, you know, so much better. And that's been the problem for IU football forever is the depth. They just cannot hang with Ohio State and Michigan for four quarters all the time. You just can't expect it. Um, and all those things. So the second is well, so, me, so deep. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me ask you, uh, I mean, do you believe, because the, the reason, one of the reasons this move was made to put Reese Taylor on the defensive side of the ball, um, which was, you know, discussed coming into Indiana, and then they, you know, decided they needed him on offense, which I completely understand and I was excited for. Uh, you know, still would be excited to see the ball in his hands. But, um, you know, one of the main reasons this move was made 
uh, was because, you know, Reese believes that he has the ability uh, to perhaps play professionally in the NFL and that the strongest position for him to do that would be defensive back. Um, just based on what you saw of his movement uh, and just the way he looks lining up as a corner, uh, do you think Green necessarily the legitimate option for him uh, if he can progress in learning the position? Yeah, he's definitely athletic enough to do so and has the flexibility. Now he's the size five. I think he's listed at five eleven, maybe five ten. So he might be a little undersized, yeah. but he's he's not going to back down from anybody. He was. I think they he, they had him on Donovan Hale, who if you look at Donovan Hale and you look at Reese Taylor, you go, well, that's the mismatch. Let's go, and he. Now the play went away from them, but he wasn't backing down from guarding Donovan Hale. And I think his mentality, his athletic ability, and, you know, probably his football intelligence are going to allow him to, it might take two or three years, uh, but it'll allow him to develop into, uh, I think, a corner who could, you know, see some major time. Now, can he play corner at the next level? I mean, we'll see. Only time will tell. But he could definitely be a returner. With those measurables, you're you're maybe thinking of kind of a a slot guy, a nickel corner, uh, you know, with those measurables, which which, uh, in the NFL, you know, everybody, almost every team is playing a nickel 70% of the time now. So uh, that's an increasingly valuable position. Yeah, and then you you have his – him on the, the return side and, and getting guys who could do two things especially in an NFL roster 53 is yeah. is vital because you, then you could yeah. go and, and sign somebody else somewhere else uh, so you know his development will be interesting he definitely wants to play there you can see his heart and head are in it and, and that's the most encouraging thing I, I want to see him when the, the pads go on because he's going to light somebody up Price somebody this spring based on just what I saw today. So he'll be excited to see. Now they didn't really do kick return and punt return today, so you can't really tell. But um, that that secondary group is is really, really deep, and I, I think it almost looked today as if they were playing with twelve guys on the field because that's how much team speed has improved. Um, defense created four turn takeaways. Uh, now, not all of them were in the secondary, but it's uh, it's a good sign. And it, it the, the offense, they're still learning the offense and still installing the offense, so there's going to be a, a, a learning curve. The offense looked uncomfortable throwing the ball down. Now, they made some plays, they hit some plays, made some good throws, some great catches, uh, but the defense made it, you know, you had to earn those yards uh, that they did. So, Let's move to the middle of the defense at linebacker. Uh, Indiana brings, I think, everybody back except for Damian Willis. And that linebacking core, it was young last year. They're still young this year, but they have a year under their belt. They have a lot of talent. Uh, To me, the the key guy is going to be James Miller. He's a young guy who impressed late in the season. He made those big hits at Michigan. He's a guy, if he could consistently do that, 
uh, might be better than Tigre Scales. Yeah, uh, that's that's high praise indeed. I, I, look, I, I, a hundred percent demand to watch James Miller. Uh, you know, Rekwon Jones, I think is, I think you probably feel comfortable, uh, you know, penciling him in as one of the starters uh, with that second starting position up for grabs uh, would be my opinion at the moment. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that would be my opinion at the moment. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think Indiana's goal, and Tom Allen has said as much, uh, is to uh, to get a, a rotation. He has not said how many, but to get a, a strong rotation of guys, he does not want to uh, rely on, oh, these are my starters, and I'm going to have them in the game for 70% of the snaps. Um, I don't think that that's at all uh, his goal, and so who starts necessarily is not just in terms of depth chart. I think you pencil in Rekorn Jones as the leader, the senior of the group, really solid. Uh, but James Miller, I think, has the athletic ability, the physical tools, uh, and the explosion, if you will, uh, to be the standout star from this linebacker group. And I, I really could see it being as early as this year. Uh, I think he could be real special. Yeah, and then you have you know you have guys like Micah McFadden, uh, Thomas yeah. Allen. Both of those guys played well in spurts, and I think the days of I think Tigray had 118 or 116 tackles uh, the year they went to uh, the Foster Farms Bowl, and then you had Chris Covington as well. I, I think days of those you know dual 100 tackle players are kind of going to be over for a while. There, there is so much talent to where you can keep guys fresh now for the end of the game where you want your number one linebackers on for, for that final drive to keep people out of the end zone uh, or, you know, to force a, a takeaway and, and get the ball back and things like that. So, you know, you saw last year, I don't think anybody got over – the high on tackles was Crawford at 66, and yeah. Damian Willis led the linebackers at 62. and So that's a pretty low number for, for linebackers, but it's because they're now running fewer plays on defense. You're going to have to think the tempo on offense is going to try and eat up a little bit more clock by using those big plays. So we'll see. I, I don't think anybody's going to hit that hundred tackle mark based on their. They need a rotation, and that's something that Tom Allen, Tom Allen wants. As far as under the radar players go at linebacker, I think Aaron Casey is a guy that people need to keep their eye on. He, um, yeah, he was a guy that that came in was highly uh, regarded, kind of, kind of slipped underneath the radar last year, red shirting made a great diving interception today uh, at practice. Uh, looks looks really good um, there as well. So he's my under-the-radar guy to come back uh, and and make a difference at, at linebacker. Yeah, that's, a, that's a really good choice. I think um, I think your choices are a bit limited. I I would say Mike McFadden, but I think – most Indiana fans that really paid attention already appreciate 
what he's capable of. But I'll, uh, just because I, I think McFadden is going to end up having a really good four-year career, um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a star in the defense, uh, but I do think he's going to be a really good four-year contributor that uh, just makes tackles. I mean, he's he has pretty good uh, side-to-side speed. Uh, you know, last year there were a couple of plays that I, I was really surprised how well he tracked down uh, a ball carrier from you know one side of the field to the other to make a play. And I don't think that that was a fluke. I think he, uh, one, he understands the game and understands angles well. Uh, two, I think he's a really sure tackler uh, that, you know, embraces the contact of the position. Uh, number three, I, I do think he's, you know, pretty quick. And it's cliche to, to say of a, you know, of a white linebacker to say, oh, they're quicker than they look. But I do think that, you know, McFadden, for his size, I think he moves better than you would anticipate him moving. Uh, and like I said, just a sure tackler that uh, makes plays on the field. So I'll, I'll go with Micah uh, to back up the solid freshman season he had and uh, add to his production and you know just entrench himself as a solid contributor for the Hoosiers. Yeah, and we'll see. It's going to be a, uh, still a young defense, an exciting defense. And to me, the key to this defense is the defensive line. And so we're going to move to that. And Just I one, think, one question. Yeah, go ahead. One question on the linebackers. Uh, you know, where do you see Cam Jones ended up or ending up uh, fitting in? You know, I look at him and I, I see linebacker. I see maybe a big safety. Uh, I see maybe a Husky. Uh, what I definitely – overall, though, is a guy that needs to be on the field. Um, so where do you think uh, Cam Jones ends up fitting in? What do you think the staff's plans for him are? I think he's going to be one of those guys that you can put anywhere because he can. Um, now, he might not line up at nose tackle or on the corner, uh, but you know it's probably going to depend on the offenses they play and, and and situations that they're in, but you could see him playing, you know, the Husky position. You could see him playing linebacker. You could see him playing a safety position uh, in coverage and, and things like that. He might be that utility guy of, of the defense. And that's not to say, oh, he's a bench player who could do everything. This guy, he could play everywhere. He'll, you know, if you need to get another guy on the field, if, you know, if they're playing bigger, he can move up. If they're playing smaller, you know, they, he can move back and, and things like that. And it's, it, I, I think he's going to play everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think um, for me, it was refreshing, and I hope it ends up being true. Tom Allen has said on a few occasions uh, here in the past few weeks you know, we just need to get our best players on the field. And it's about getting our best guys on the field. Uh, Some iteration of that percent agree with it. You know, uh, sticking to a strict position, oh, this guy's a linebacker and this guy's a a rover and this guy's a a husky. And, you know, that guys do need to have defined roles. I agree with that. But um, I hope that there is that level of flexibility that, um, you know, 
you just get somebody like Cam Jones or Devin Matthews or uh, a Brian Fitzgerald or a James Miller, you get those athletes on the field and figure out the scheme once you've, you know, gotten them on the field. Um, I think that there's, yes, there is increased depth, and that's a really good thing. Uh, But there are some guys that you need to figure out a way to have on there as much as you can. Yeah, it's kind of like what I thought would happen with Rusa if he stayed on offense. You just have to find a role for him and get the ball in his hands. And, you know, defense, it's not the same. You can't guarantee that the ball is going to go to a guy or the ball carrier is going to going to go to a guy. You could try to anticipate where where things are going to go and, and try and place your best players in, in that area. So I, I think Cam, Cam Jones is a guy, he's a Swiss Army Knife guy. He could play all over the place. And if they have, you know, Maybe, you know, a guy like Brian Fitzgerald and, and Monster, they need to get on. Camp Jones can move up to linebacker, get those two guys yeah. in, get Marcelino on the field as well. He's he's your movable piece when you want to get all your your um, your best players on defense. Right? And and that's huge. And that speaks a ton to, to his versatility. And he could easily have said also, hey, I want to play here. But it's also being a team guy saying, hey, yeah, where, wherever you want to play me, just show me where to go um, and things like that. So uh, let's move on to the defensive line. I think this is the key to this year's defense is the defensive line. It all starts up front. Um, so we'll, we'll see. IU loses a lot of uh, veteran leadership up up front, uh, the big guys in the middle as well. They lose Jacob Robinson, Mike Barwick, Rick Bowen, um, to name a few, and they need to replace that. Now that those replacements are a little thin in the spring, they have a lot of reinforcements coming in in the fall uh, with the freshman class. But the key guy to me here is Juan Harris. If Juan Harris can uh, come into practice, and he looked good the other day uh, in the footwork, footwork and still without on it's hard to tell the offensive defense line uh, but if he could play up to his potential he demands a double team almost every single play it allows the linebackers and these to run free in, and make which is why that uh, you know Gray Scales played really well that one year and, and made those 116 tackles because he didn't have to take on a lot of offensive line blocks. So, um, you know, he he's the guy that's going to be the, the glue of this defensive line. Drew Johnson is your stalwart. He's going to – he's got to start to – and then, you know, you got to piece the rest of it together, hope these young guys grow up pretty quickly. How did um, Co look? Co Nafogatoa, or I, I will learn how to say his name, for, uh, he, you know, appropriately. But yeah, he won't be in until fall camp. Oh, I apologize. I thought he was uh, early enrollee. Okay, never mind it. Scratch that. One guy that I did want to mention um, as an end, uh, which you know, Indiana has got to find a way to. 
get some pass rush without having to scheme for it, you know, where it's just these are our pass rushers, we're going to get to you without having the blitz. Uh, I do like Indiana being aggressive with the pass rush, but being able to get to the quarterback without having to send extra guys, where just, you know, our ends are better than your tackles, we're going to beat them one-on-one, that's that's big. And it has not been something Indiana's been able to do consistently. Uh, and, you know, in fairness to IU, that's one of the hardest things to find in football. Um, so it's understandable, but James Head is a player that uh, I think all the makings are there for him to have a big breakout season to be one of those guys. Um, You know, I think he's probably in line for one of those positions, perhaps um, Alan Stallings right there with him as well. But, I, I mean, James Head has physically the tools you're looking for. He's got speed. He's got the body. Um, and, and I hope that he's able to put it together and provide that consistent one-on-one pass rusher that Indiana needs. So that's that's kind of the guy that I look at as having the best chance to break out. Um, Indiana's invested a lot of time and effort bringing in, you know, pass rush defensive ends. Uh, it's time for some of those guys to, to step up and uh, start getting things done on the field. Hopefully James Head can, can be a guy that does that. Yeah, James Head was a guy who was in early last year. Uh, he did not look yeah. like your regular guy straight out of high school. He he looked like he was an upperclassman already physically. Uh, he came in, played pretty well last year. I think he's. I think you you could mark, put his name in Sharpie at one of the end positions. Um, yeah, Alan Stallings is another guy who I can't believe he's already a senior. They kind of wasted his freshman year uh, playing him just against FIU. Uh, but it is – got to play the, the hand you're dealt. So he's he's a senior there. And then you have some, some other guys who are question marks in, in terms of what they could bring. Alfred Bryant played pretty well last year. Um, and uh, you gotta you got to figure it out. Speed, speed off the end. Um so you don't have to blitz. So, you know, we'll see. It's Alpha Bryant, James James Head's going to be really good. And then you got to – the under-the-radar wild card for me there is Madison Norris. Uh, the, the talk about him is that he – you know, he's a super-fast twitch uh, yeah. muscle guy. I, although he's slim, they list him at 207. I think he's around. I think he's a little bit heavier than that. Uh, he came in at, at under 200 pounds, so he's put on weight. But his frame, he, he's just a thin frame. That's the way he is. But yeah. he's a guy who, yeah. you know, is probably a one-trick pony. But he could be really, really, really good as a one-trick pony. And if he's a guy who you could bring in as a specialist in third and long passing yep. situations who can go by the end, get to the quarterback, uh, get sacks and tackles for loss, you can, you know, then you could deal with him being a one-trick pony and, and not you know, being in every down um, in, in every down line. But I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Uh, the rumor of his speed, you know, he was a 110-meter hurdle champion, uh 
a state champion as well. So, you know, speed yep. is real. You can't teach speed. You can improve it a little bit through coaching. But if he could get around the edge like he gets around the track, he, he's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that's a, it's a good name, and you're right. I think that's a, that's a situation where um, the coaching staff is going to have to put him into positions to succeed. Uh, and, you know, it might be a case where, uh, you know, you bring him on as a kind of a stand-up pass specialist that uh, requires an extra blocker to, to help out the tackle because of his quickness. Uh, but it's going to be have, have to be one that, uh, you know, the coaching staff – schemes to put him in a position to succeed and then from there up to Madison to, to make it happen. Um, you know, and you mentioned the young guys reinforcements coming in for the line. Uh, you don't love for it to be this way, but uh, Indiana did get uh, some really promising recruits and prospects that, that I think long-term are going to help IU quite a bit. Um, and then, what they're going to have to do, and it's you wouldn't hope that it uh, would have to be this, but one or two of those players um, are going to have to contribute to Indiana right away. And uh, not as starters, but as, as rotation pieces, because the line is one of those areas where you need to be able to go eight, nine guys deep. Uh, and as it currently stands, Indiana probably does not have that, particularly in the middle of that defense. Uh, they don't have quite enough bodies there. And, uh, you know, Juan Harris, that's why he was such a, a massive addition in, in more ways than one, uh, to bring him back into the fold. Uh, and like you, I think, very correctly pointed out, he's a guy that it's there's really no two ways around it. He's going to have to play well uh, for Indiana's defensive line to be a good group because they don't really have too many other guys that can present the problems he can for the defense or for the offense, excuse me. The line is the key. And if you could occupy the offensive line, uh, let these athletes run around and, and make plays, this defense is going to be, uh, is going to take the step forward that they need to take. So, are you I, are you more worried about the defensive line in terms of pass rush and quarterback pressure, or in terms of run defense? Because I, I would say for me, I'm more worried about in terms of run defense uh, and and teams, particularly in the East. You know, our, our opponents in the East being able to dictate uh, physically overmatch Indiana in the trenches. Um, with our young defensive line. That's that's what I'm most worried about with this defense. Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, you know, if, sure. if you could, you know, get these, you get enough pressure up the middle with, you know, offensive lines have to scheme for that. If you can't, uh, then it makes it very difficult to get pressure off the edge. Guys could get kicked outside and, you know, it's just a pocket is formed and, and things like that. Um, I'd say it's probably about even right now until, you know, you see it in game one. Um, we'll see. It's Backs are important, uh, but I think consistently stopping the run is more important because that's your first and second down defense is stopping the run, 
holding them to, you know, setting up third and third and longs, getting them behind the sticks, and that starts with the run defense. It wasn't great last year either, and if they improve that, everything else uh, can fall into place as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that does it for uh, our defensive preview. Any final thoughts, TJ? Well, I think this year's defense, I think you will, you should uh, reap the benefits of what was sowed last year, which was uh, a lot of young guys getting experience before you necessarily wanted to throw them in there. Uh, but now that they have been thrown in there, they have been uh, – you know, put through the the battles of the Big Ten, uh, and you know, did did very well in some cases, and and uh, were overmatched and overwhelmed in other cases, and worn down uh, some by the end of the year. Uh, now that those guys have been through that, and they've been through an off season of growth and development, uh, and have that experience to fall back on, I think you should see the the rewards of that reaped. Uh, here in in this coming season, uh, I think that Indiana's defense is, you know, really uh, one. It's it's still young, which is exciting. Uh, and two, I think that it's it's a group that uh, has as much raw athleticism and defense that I can remember uh, at Indiana. And if they can harness that and get uh, get consistent line play and, and healthy line play. Uh, I'm really excited about what this group could do. Yeah, it's it's time for this group to to mature quickly. We'll see when one of the storylines we got to follow in fall camp are these young defensive linemen coming in. Can they now? Not it's a lot to ask all of them to come in and perform at a high at their highest level because that's the odds of that happening are astronomical but if a couple of them come in could be solid contributors and all of those things they can really reinforce this defense uh, the defensive line allow some of these defensive ends to get to the quarterback put them in situations and use a Madison Norris uh, to rush a quarterback and the secondary there playing with a lot of confidence right now. They know the defense a lot better, and you're a step quicker when you know that. And it goes for everybody in every aspect of work. When you know your, when you know your assignments, when you know your work, and you work just a little bit faster. And that's what the, the secondary is, is doing now. They're, they're buzzing around. And then, you know, the linebackers, well, losing TD Roof and Jamie Wills hurts. Uh, they have a lot of young talent there. And James Miller is a guy who I think IU fans are going to fall in love with pretty quickly if they hadn't fallen in love with him after that, uh, after the game up at Michigan as well. So it's, they got to get the takeaways. It's the, the takeaway, the turnover luck is something that usually doesn't stay with you for more than a year. IU had really good turnover luck last year on defense. Balls bounced their way and things like that. So hopefully this pendulum doesn't swing back the other way too much, uh, but they could still get, you know, the still get those 50-50 balls and interceptions 
and you know put the ball have the offense put the ball on the ground and, and recover fumbles and and all those things so they got their takeaway today uh they didn't on Sunday. so you know it's always going to decide that um in spring you'd like to you like to see but you also don't like to see because it is the indiana offense uh turning the ball over as well so the defense is going to be young, but there's a lot of potential there, and the the growth rate of this defense has has been really impressive. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how this group continues to come together, and and really, uh, what I would expect to see during spring ball is the defense to be ahead of the offense, uh, just based on a new system, new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Jack Tuttle, new quarterback, Michael Penix, uh, coming off a, an injury uh, concerning to me if the defense looked bad. So uh, that it certainly only reinforces what I thought was going to happen, that the defense would be somewhat ahead of the offense at this point. Um, I think that's to be expected. And, uh, you know, you just hope that um, looking towards 2019 that the, you know, the first couple games uh, should – provide um, should provide some some confidence for this defense if they can go out uh, you know put together good performances before uh, getting into conference play against Ohio State that's that's what you would expect is um, for last year's youth and inexperience to turn into this year's you know still youth but experience and, and the talent to begin to show through yeah it, it's Definitely uh, evolution of the defense and the offense as spring practice is on, uh, and then as they go into to fall camp and the, the beginning is right. very manageable beginning of the season with Ball State, Eastern Illinois, and, and UConn. Uh, so a lot of guys should get a run and get a lot of game reps, and then we'll see how spring ball finishes. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy. There's no major injuries and they can install whatever offense they're installing and clean up any of the problems that they need to clean up before fall camp comes along uh, and you get ready for the 2019 season. Well, TJ, thanks for joining me on a very, very cold Monday. Enjoy the rest of your evening, uh, and we'll talk again. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, thanks everybody for listening. That does it for tonight's Hoosier Huddle podcast episode previewing the defense. You can check out all our articles on HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle as well. Spring practice is going to be on a hiatus here in a few days as IU goes on spring the middle of the month. And we'll have, we'll have it all covered again. The spring game is April 12th, Friday, April 12th. At 7 p.m., it's the Friday at Little 5. Fingers are crossed that the weather cooperates and, and fans can uh, show up and enjoy their their spring, hopefully spring-like evening in Bloomington uh, and go from there. Again, Indi- Indiana opens their season at Lucas Oil Stadium against the Ball State Cardinals on, I believe, September for, or August 31st, uh, and that time is yet to be announced. So, 
Uh, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. 
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.